0: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelsner.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today's show is sponsored by Social Media Marketing World 2017, the conference you know you want to get your booty to. (laughs) Ah, You got to get to Social Media Marketing World. There is so much excitement around this conference, but I digress. I'm really, really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Brian Fanzo, and we're going to explore the rapidly evolving world of live video and what it means to marketers. And let me tell you, we are living in a crazy world with live video, monstrously crazy innovation. Listen to this episode, you're gonna love it. You can email me at podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm also excited to introduce episode two of our audio documentary. If you missed it, be sure to listen to the last podcast. Uh, it's something really exciting that we're doing, and we'll
0: transition over to that right now. This is a story about fear, frustration, and breaking the rules. I called an
1: all-hands meeting for the entire company, and I said, we have a catastrophic problem. And I said, if we cannot solve this problem, not only is our company not going to make our financial goals, but our entire future of our company is in jeopardy. So it was perhaps one of the biggest problems we ever faced in the history of the company.
0: Hey, my name is Jay Aconzo, and today we're going behind the scenes with the making of Social Media Marketing World 2017. More specifically, we're going to hear the story of the email that should never have worked. Here's Michael Stelzner again. He's the CEO of Social Media Examiner.
1: Well, email is really the primary way that we sell.
0: The company has over 540,000 people on their email list, and their content strategy revolves pretty heavily around getting people from reading and listening to subscribing to that list. So email is crucial. But one day, as they were monitoring some of their most important messages sent through this most important of channels, they noticed that their open rates had dropped like a rock. Imagine that the biggest asset that you have, the most dependable and reliable source of results, just came crashing down.
1: It's panic time. Google put us in the penalty box. That means that they just decided that all of our emails were not going to be uh, delivered. (laughs) Yeah, pretty crazy. We freaked out. I mean, we posted things on my personal profile on Facebook, calling all my friends who knew anything about email marketing.
0: This had dire consequences, not only for the immediate campaign, but for the entire future of the business.
1: I understood the long-term implications of not being able to deliver email to the inbox. And it's very simple. If we're not able to send quality content to the inbox of our subscribers every day, they will forget about us. They won't visit our website. They won't share our posts. And when they don't share our posts, new people don't discover us. And new people don't become email subscribers. And it's a downward spiral of death.
0: For more than a month, Michael's team tested and tested that email. They experimented with layout, HTML, subject lines, keywords, and more. Eventually, they got their emails working again, just in time to start talking about social media marketing world. But then, in November, something changed their emails started landing in the dreaded Gmail Promotions tab.
2: Which is, you know, reduces significantly the probability that people will see it.
0: That's Jen Ballard. She's the marketing manager at Social Media Examiner. And she's at the controls of their email almost every day and had to deal with this sudden change.
2: Oh, it was terrible. It was very frustrating. It was really painful to get it to the point where it wouldn't get thrown into the promotions folder. We went through... 13 rounds of
1: edits. It was like a ghost. It was like a frame of what it once once was.
0: This included reducing the number of links, the number of times the event was mentioned overtly by name, and removing certain trigger words like amazing. That last one was especially difficult since this email included testimonials from past attendees.
2: It was a quote email, which made it really, really effective, you know, because it was other people telling our story. Um, And so, of course, they used a lot of really you know, effusive language, and language and made it sound really exciting and made people want to come to the conference. And they said, it's this amazing conference.
0: No matter what they did, their test emails kept delivering into that Gmail promotions tab. And so Michael decided to try something crazy. He took their best email, the one from last year with the testimonials, the one that they had tried 13 times to edit, the one that the system kept saying would send to where they didn't want to end up. And he said, all right, Let's send that one to 540,000 people.
1: And we hoped and prayed that it would work.
0: The next morning, before most people commuted into work across the country, the email went out. Michael got up early that day and jumped onto Facebook, as he usually does in the morning, before 6 a.m. Pacific. And he saw something from a guy named Bob Bly, a very high-profile copywriter in the digital world.
1: And he says, quote, I have mixed feelings about social media marketing world. On the one hand... Founder Mike Stelzner is a colleague I admire and I like him, and I believe he partly credits me for getting into information marketing.
0: On the other hand, Bob goes on to say, the 1,300 attendees so far registered to Michael's conference should just stay home, not attend the event, and instead buy a copy of Scientific Advertising by Claude Hopkins. Which
1: I wager not 1% of these 1,300 marketers who go to this conference have ever read. Your thoughts? So in not so many words, Bob Bly says, I'm happy that my friend Mike Stelzner is killing it, But everybody should just stay home and buy a book off of Amazon called Scientific Advertising.
0: (laughs) And I'm like, wow. This email that had so much agony surrounding it that finally got sent led to this famous friend criticizing the event publicly to all of his followers. But then the magic of social media kicked in. I see this literally as it goes live. And I say, hey, Bob, here's what the event is really all about. Here's why it's valuable. And we actually have 40 sessions on content creation. So maybe, Bob, you'd want to come out and try it. It's pretty amazing.
1: And of course, just so you know, this post had like tons of comments and all the copywriting world was saying, wow, this is amazing. And here's the power of social media. And in the
0: end... Bob accepted Mike's invitation
1: and he's coming to speak at Social Media Marketing World about his craft which is how to write copy for sales pages really think about what just happened I sent the email that I wasn't supposed to send Bob Bly received the email Bob Bly promoted my conference indirectly on social to his entire audience and because I sent that email Bob Bly is coming to speak at Social Media Marketing World
0: But, but Michael went totally against the best practices of the industry here. What just happened?
1: The word best practices really means cheat sheet. Every marketer is looking for a cheat sheet. They're looking for a shortcut. They're looking for a fast pass. They don't want to actually do the work. They don't want to prove to themselves that their audience is the exception.
2: I think that, you know, you should put yourself into the position of, as much knowledge as possible about what could possibly happen and what should happen according to how things work and what the rules are. And then you can step back and look at the bigger picture and um, determine whether that's really going to work for you.
1: I think so many marketers just look at other successful marketers and and want their script and just want to copy it. And I think if you truly want to be exceptional, then you need to develop a voice. You need to carve your own path. I think you almost have to be like a adventurer. I think you almost have to be like Indiana Jones of your space. If you're not willing to get cut up a little bit and fail, then you will never discover what's truly out there. Oh, and uh, by the way? That email that we sent more than doubled
0: what it did last year. So I would say it was a huge success. Make Social Media Marketing World a part of your adventure this year and meet thousands of other trailblazers in the industry. Visit socialmediaworld17.com. That's socialmediaworld17.com. Register and experience something exceptional. And now over to this week's interview with
1: Brian Fanso,
0: Helping you simplify your social safari. Here's this week's expert guide.
1: This week, I'm excited to be joined by Brian Fanzo. If you don't know who Brian is, he's a tech evangelist who specializes in live video. He's the founder of iSocial Fans and the host of a new podcast called FOMO Fans. Brian, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Mike. Excited to be here. Go ahead and tell everybody what FOMO Fans stands for on your podcast, just in case they decide to want to search it and maybe how they spell it also.
3: Sure. so you know I social fans is is kind of how I'm known. so f a n z is my my last name is being Fanzo. So fomo fans is the fear of missing out. And so the podcast is all about um, rather than me convincing people on how they can uh, embrace the fear of missing out, I try to educate people on the latest trends, technology, social media, around uh, every week. So it's gonna be a weekly podcast. It just launched this uh, this Monday. I actually had, uh, 14,000 people watch my uh, live stream
1: of my first episode, so off to a good start. Congratulations. Well, today, Brian and I are going to talk about live video. We're going to talk about where it's headed and how it can help your business. And for those that may not know, or we're not at Social Media Marketing World 2016, Brian was our official live video ambassador, which means he stood up there on the main stage explaining how to use live video because then it was a baby (laughs) and it's still kind of in its infancy. So that's why we're here today to kind of dig into all this stuff. So Brian, I want to start by, by doing a little future casting. Okay. I want you to look into the future. I want you to tell me where you see this whole live video thing heading heading and where, you know, what it could mean for businesses. So what, what do you see?
3: So I you know, I see you know the the need across businesses, not only in marketing, but you know, in human resources, in um, you know, recruiting, in the sales team, the the really to break down the barrier. And and the silos between the, a company, your brand. It doesn't matter if you're a, a small business, a brick and mortar company, an e-commerce company. You want to you want to shrink the distance between where what you are as the either the founder or the marketing uh, manager and your consumer. They want people want to be able to relate and know that you're kind of human. And I think you know live video where it's going is it's really going to start to morph into much more than a marketing play, much more than um, just kind of the their traditional broadcast. We're going to see a lot of, you know, humanization with live video, and I actually think the, one of the biggest things will be, you know, I believe, you know, AR and VR, augmented reality and virtual reality, are something that we're going to be preparing for, let's say, 2020. But I don't believe, and actually, I'm committed to to say it, um, you know, boldly, I don't believe anybody will be able to jump in. Any brand will be able to jump in. And embrace AR or VR unless they have a live video strategy first. So I think when brands see that as an important stepping stone because it's, you know, it's kind of being vulnerable, you have to add different variables, you have to think differently as a creator. So although VR and AR seem to be way out in the future, I think VR and AR are gonna be are gonna require live video to kind of be like that gateway drug into that this futurized technology.
1: Uh, Brian, you used the word humanize when you were describing your answer to the question. And I think there is something scary for most people listening right now about being live on video because we've been trained that when you go live on video, you are standing with a microphone in your hand, on location, reporting the news in perfect Sound bites. That's the way we've always or you're at a sporting event, right? And you're you're talking to the quarterback who just came off the field and won. So um, generally speaking, these are um, situations that are not normal situations. And the person that's talking live is totally professional. And I think that's scary as heck. And I think you're alluding to something that is a move away from that when it comes to live when you say to humanize the brand. So would you dig a little deeper on what you mean by that?
3: Well, you know, it's a very interesting um, you know day and age that we're in right now. I think we're we're living in a space where, the consumer has more power than they've ever had before. We have more data, we have more technology, we have more uh, opportunities and even uh, different you know, pipelines of content and distractions. And I think you know, for what most brands are doing in 2016 are realizing you have to go to where your audience is You can't make your audience come to you. But when you go to where your audience is, they don't want to be marketed to or sold to. They want to actually engage and have a conversation. But to build that rapport... With, you know, with a community or an audience or maybe even your partners, it's really hard. It, it takes a long time to build a relationship on social media. I mean, Mike, you know that more so than anyone with you know, all the guests that you've had on the show. You know, it takes a lot of you know, give and take. It takes a lot of things to build up that, that trust. And you know, to me, the, the most, most valuable and probably the most important statement anybody can say on live video is saying the words, I don't know. Because if a brand can actually admit that they don't know something or a sales manager can admit they don't know something on live video, it actually adds validity to what they do know. And so many consumers today are are either in that space where they don't believe or they want you to convince them that you, you are someone that can be trusted, that you're a resource, that you've invested in them, maybe that you just understand them as a customer. And so I look at live video as it's not just clicking the button, you know, just because, you know, there's a, a funny, you know, uh, a deer in your backyard. I, you know, I believe there's a strategy behind it. I believe there is uh, data integrated in this conversation. But I really think if you were able to kind of break down that barrier, not be afraid to say, I don't know. And even it's kind of saying like, I don't really know the answer to that yet, but, you know, send me a message on Twitter or send me a Facebook message. And I'll make sure my product manager gets back to you. That kind of rapport when you're able to kind of separate that barrier because imagine how how you know exciting it is for a consumer to before feel like they you know like hey this brand doesn't care about me these people don't know who wh- you know what kind of uh, what my day-to-day life is and when someone can kind of break that down it not only builds that advocacy but it allows you to stand out from the noise and we know that the noise is only increasing especially 2017 and beyond
1: What I hear you saying, Brian, is to embrace the imperfection. And, um, you know, you and I both do live video. Um, I do it only once a week. I know you do it almost every day. And I think that a lot of people feel like they should not go live unless they've got a memorized script or unless they've really thought through all the conceivable questions that people can ask what's your thoughts about just doing a live Q&A and just winging it? <laughs> because I, I kind of think there's no better way to prepare you for for the imperfection of live video and just being okay with the fact that you're rolling, the camera's on, and, and the show must go on. What's your thoughts about that? Is that a good on-road for people to just kind of experiment with well, I, this? Without question, you know, one of the things that I always, I, you know, I have a st- statement, I always just say, press the
3: damn button, you know, like, that's my, that's my statement to people. And most of the time, it's funny, they'll press the button. And you know, the camera will be facing the wrong way, they're not sure where the, the volume is. And then all of a sudden, they get comfortable. And they'll, they'll often turn around and go, wow, it's really that easy. But the other piece is, I always tell people that when you first think of live video, when every brand, when every marketer, when every social media manager thinks of live video, it's scary because they picture themselves on the video. And I have to remind people that The best live videos are often when you're celebrating your customers, when you're talking about your fellow employees, when you're bringing people into exclusive access that they can't get anywhere else. Mm. And that doesn't mean it has to be the camera on you. So it could be you
1: and someone else and you could introduce that someone else and then shift the camera right off to them, right?
3: without question i think those are some of the best ones especially large brands you know we're seeing large brands that they really use the back of the camera to interview a, a client a customer a, you know maybe a celebrity that's in the office and then the person that's behind the camera can actually feed them the questions that are coming on the screen and that person is a social media manager or you know a digital marketer and they know the questions and they can kind of you, you roll with them and decide which ones are important and all of a sudden you've taken away all of those scary elements of well, I don't want to be on there. And then how do I manage the questions? And and how do I know that the person's going to answer the right questions? Well, now you, by celebrating your customer and and really asking them, hey, what do, what do you have going on? And we're going to ask, you know, we're going to bring in the audience here that's watching. I believe it's, it's the best way to start is by celebrating someone else. And let's face it, you know, in this day and age with marketers and social media managers, we're, we're blasting stuff everywhere. It's, it's kind of refreshing to see a brand embrace the idea of celebrating their customer on live video as kind of their first way to get out there.
1: Yeah. And, and just, uh, from personal experience, I've done this, I've got, uh, an iographer rig and I put my iPhone on the tripod and then I've got one of my employees on the side of my iPhone that uh, sees everything that's going on. And then I have, I'm looking at the phone and kind of over to Jen, who's on the other side of the phone. And it's just like, she's asking me questions and I'm talking back to her. I know there's an audience, but I'm not bothered by all these questions that are coming in. She's doing that for me. That was super, super comfortable. Now I know that's just the on-ramp, the easy way to go live on Periscope or on Facebook live, but there are some brands out there that are doing a really, really innovative things with live video. And I know you and I talked before this interview about some of those things they were doing. Uh, let's talk about like, cause I want to get the creative juices going in the people's minds that are listening right now. What are some of the more innovative live video types of productions that are going on out there right now?
3: Well, you know, I think it's a very interesting space because we're in, a, we're in kind of a cross-function of brands that are thinking like a media company and then brands that are rethinking what marketing looks like in the age of video. And I'm going to use a Cisco stat, and I, this is one that I use on every keynote stage that I give. You know, 79% of internet traffic in 2020 will be video. And the funny part about that is nowhere did anyone say that's going to be great video or good video or live video, but 79% of internet traffic in 2020. So I believe most brands are thinking about video and you have brands like Cisco. Cisco has done an amazing job. Um, They have a campaign called We Are Cisco, which really just celebrates their employees' points of view and they even use Snapchat really well and Instagram stories and what they do is they you know as they're doing different things as employees in different offices they actually trust and let their employees take over their account and to me that's a that's a very interesting way because it's not only giving you the point of view of an employee but the other interesting part about it is that now as these you're getting this view it's a recruiting tool because they don't have to convince people that are applying for a job there that they trust their employees. The proof is that they're letting their employees go live on their account. And I think We Are Cisco is, is an amazing movement as a whole. And I think they've integrated live video in there uh, very nicely across the board. And then you have companies like Roker Media, Al Roker's company. And I, I spoke at his event um, earlier this year where they're launching six, seven, eight uh, different Programs that are, are kind of like what you would traditionally see on TV, where every Tuesday at 7 p.m., this person's going to have this type of show and this type of content. And you can subscribe to it on Facebook. It's a Facebook Live show. And this idea of really, you know, kind of thinking like a media company and creating programming, I think is really a really exciting time because before for a small business or even a medium sized business, they never thought they could do even promotional videos because they had to rent a studio and they had to do all of these different things. But now they realize, okay, well I can start doing these videos more ad hoc. But now take it a step further. Can I now create some fun programming around different things that we do as a company? And maybe even it has very little to do with your brand, but it has a lot to do with what you're passionate about. And so I think those are interesting ways. Of course, brands like Dunkin' Donuts is one of my favorite. They give you tours of different locations. They'll take you behind the scenes when they're training their new employees. They call it Dunkin' University. And I think they've done a a really good job as well as, as kind of giving people access. And that's to me is my, it's my, you know, they think like a fan concept that I talked about on your stage. It's giving people access to places, people, products and experiences that you can't get anywhere else. Because I don't think live video today replaces any other content marketing that you're doing. I believe it amplifies other content. And I believe it also amplifies, like I said, that, that humanized, you know, really breaking down that barrier between brand and
1: community. I think you had previously mentioned something that the Food Network was doing. Do you remember what they're doing with live video?
3: Oh yes, and I think the Food Network is one of the ones that you know. I think the probably the food space and the fitness space might be the most exciting arenas for really pushing this forward because the Food Network is even taking it a step further and they're they're going onto a platform called Twitch. And for those that don't know what Twitch is, if you don't have a gamer son or a gamer kid or a gamer uh, brother, you know it's a gaming live streaming platform where people watch other people play video games. And it live, might sound fun- live, right? Live, yes, live. And it might sound funny to us, but there's 4,000, 6,000 people that will watch kids, other kids, or fellow kids, or even adults and and gamers. And it's probably one of the the closest knit communities that I've ever. Uh, kind of researched I, I was very lucky to be on a on two panels this year with the CEO of twitch and and what they've always focused on is raw engagement and this idea of giving the the people that are watching just as much access as people in the room and food Network is taking that same approach and they're actually doing a programming on the uh, twitch on the twitch platform not targeting the that younger the kid generation but really I think they're taking it from a very interesting perspective where the kids that are on their gaming see the food network and go and tell their parents, hey, the Food Network's on the platform that I like. They're doing programming. It, it almost becomes a, a marketing side for, you know, for the Food Network. And they have a couple shows they're going to release. And I've also uh, been reading a lot about Martha Stewart is actually doing a couple of things, um, not only on Twitch, but there's another, com- uh, another live streaming app called YouNow that, uh, that she's been talking about doing some things with. So for me, I think it's really about understanding your audience deciding what kind of content or business value you want to get out of it, and then figuring out what kind of content you're going to create. And then last but not least, figuring out what platform you're going to use. Because I would have never thought, if, if Food Network would have started with a platform, they would have never thought of Twitch. But because they started, they, they came to Twitch at, at the end because it, it gave them the the, uh, the best path towards their success metrics. I think it's a very exciting play. I've watched a couple of their programs over the last couple of weeks. Um, Definitely check it out. I also know Adobe is doing a couple live uh, streams on that same platform, Twitch. So if you have Adobe there and you have Food Network there, there's definitely some diversity going over to the, uh, the Twitch platform.
1: Okay, so, so far these examples we've talked about are obviously high production, big media kind of experience productions, but I know that there's everyday applications for any size business. For example, uh, just this week, Eric Fisher on our social media team went live on our Facebook account and broke some news that just had released about Instagram. And it was just a short little one minute video that he did. And then he downloaded that video and uploaded that video to Twitter and just used it in a couple of different platforms. I think he ended up using it on Instagram as well, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, I know that there are lots of simple applications of live video. For example, some people go on live video and they promote some sort of a offer or special. And others produce um, regular shows actually using live video. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on the one hand of the short um, live video promotion kind of thing where you're promoting either content or promoting a product versus the longer form regular show, which is better or what's your pros and cons on each one of those in your opinion?
3: So when, when I'm building strategies out for the brands, we, I actually break it down in the two different types of content and two different strategies. And one of them I call real-time live video, and then one of them I call strategic live video. And really, the difference between the two is the real-time one isn't just you know live streaming every day on everything that's going on, but it's kind of like what you said with Eric. You're giving you you know it's kind of a pop-up like, hey, I'm having this experience. I want to you know break into your news and and people that have the notifications, people that are following you. Maybe people that are tagged into the content will be made aware that you went live, and it's it's very much like the breaking news type. But you know, it's not just real time; it's kind of figuring out the exact right time to kind of do that. And there's some strategy behind it. You know, we can do it at events. You can do it. You know, you happen to be. You know, if there's someone, you happen to be. You know, as some breaking news happens, or you know, a crane is falling in New York. But I think as a brand, if I was a social media manager, what I would do, and this is what I believe the White House has has done better than anyone, is. You want to train your employees on how to use the platform, what what you would like them to do, what things they can't talk about, what things they shouldn't talk about. Because the White House, for example, the Pope landed on, on the runway there when he uh, visited America earlier this year. And the social media manager for the White House happened to be walking up towards the bottom of the stairs. And the interesting story was the, the news cameras, the Fox News, the CNNs, were 500 yards from the airplane. But because of her credentials and her access, she was walking up to the bottom of the stairs and she was trained and prepared to use Facebook live and simply pulled out her phone from her pocket and went live as the, at the bottom of the steps as the Pope is getting off. And to me, that's access that even the the big brand uh, TV shows could not give. And I think when you kind of break that down into your own business, you know, it's maybe you get a whole, you know, a double order of one of your products and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm going to go on, I'm going to put these things on sale, you know, Going live right then and kind of letting people know, like, hey, I'm excited we got these new products, there was a mistake, but now the benefit's for you, and I think that's where I look at real time. And then the other piece, which I call strategic live video, the biggest the biggest piece of that is actually the consistency element, because it's, it's hard to build momentum, and, and Mike, I, I've been using you know, the Social Media Examiner Show on Friday as a perfect example, because... You guys have not missed a Friday as far as I know since you started that show and the momentum has carried on each week and not only does the audience grow in numbers but it seems to grow in content and in conversation and even replay watches and I think Although live streaming has the word live in it, I believe the most important aspect of live video is the consistency. So it's either the same time, the same day, maybe it's the same, you know, the same hashtag or the same element, but for me the consistency element is probably the most important cuz let's face it, we have so many distractions and so many notifications. There's not that as many people that are waiting around for that push notification every time, but if they can put it on their calendar or if they can make sure you know, to make a note that you're going to be live every one, you know, these days, like I'm doing my podcast live every Monday at 4 PM. And I'm I'm doing that with live video to give people access into me doing my podcast. And I'm going to be consistent with that every single week because I want to build that rapport, but I also want them to know you don't have to tune in every week, but if you happen to have time open Monday at 4 PM, then go ahead and tune in. And I think consistency for one aspect is extremely important. And the other important aspect on the other one is training and being prepared for that right time moment.
1: A couple of people were like, whoa, wait, wait, What? Mike has a live show. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll just briefly explain what Brian's talking about. We have a weekly live show called the morning social media marketing talk show every Friday at 8am Pacific at socialmediaexaminer.com slash live. And what we do on that show every week is we talk about what happened in the last week in the news of social media. And, um, it's, it's a small, it's much smaller than the podcast, but we love it. And it's always at the same time and people can subscribe to it. Uh, and it's awesome. Okay. So up to this point, we've talked about all sorts of examples of big things you can do, practical things that you can do. Um, now I know that some people are like, okay, you sold me, Brian. I want to get started with live video. Which platform do I start with? And I think the obvious two that are on the minds of most of our listeners are going to be Periscope or Facebook Live. What's your thoughts? Where should we start dabbling with live video?
3: Well, I think you know the platforms are are exciting. You know, I actually, the last time I was a guest on this podcast, it was Periscope versus Meerkat, and we did an entire show on um, the different you know characteristics of those two platforms. And and since then, Meerkat has gone out of business. Facebook has invested heavily. Um, I've heard over sixteen million dollars in advertising just this month on um, you know Facebook Live advertising, but. Facebook Live and Periscope are definitely the two big players today, especially for your social media marketer. And the way that I break it down is you know, the discovery aspect on both of these platforms are are very unique and I would say very lacking. If you were, if you were, if you were a traditional marketer or social media manager, you would look at these platforms and say, you know, it's really hard to discover who's live, where they're live, when they're live, you know, is there a calendar? Can I subscribe? So I actually take it a step back and I say, you know, if you have a, a matured, uh, engaged Facebook community that's already there on the platform that you're engaging with and you've been building with, and I don't care what the size of the numbers are, but for you, you're, you're very confident in your Facebook page. I believe Facebook's kind of a no-brainer to start with if you have a, a large Facebook audience, um, or you have, a, I guess, a matured uh, into actually engaging a Facebook audience. But the the thing about it is, and I compare this to email marketing because I think it works best for all of us marketers, You know, in email marketing, you have to do two things. You have to grow your email list, and then you have to nurture your existing list. And I talk about Periscope being your ability to grow your list, and then I use. Facebook Live as the nurturing my existing list because the people that are being notified when you go live on Facebook are people that are engaging with your page, that like your page. Maybe they're a friend of a friend of the page, but there isn't as many, I would say, drive-by consumption of your Facebook Lives versus Periscope where when you're going live on Periscope, it pushes live to Twitter. And not only can someone leverage Twitter, but remember that the behaviors of the actual consumer are different. And what I mean by that is when someone's scrolling the Facebook page, there's a, a wide variety of things that they're, they might be looking for, or they might be wasting time for, or they might be expecting. And live video is a small element of what they might be looking for on the Facebook page. In the Periscope app, that app is actually completely separate from Twitter. And we could argue if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think both uh, Mike, you and I believe that it should be fully integrated into the Twitter experience. But for the moment, it's separate. Therefore, anytime someone turns on that app they're 100% looking for live content. So therefore, even if you don't have a large Twitter audience, you'll oftentimes get people to discover you inside of that Periscope app that don't know who you are, but maybe the title grabbed them, maybe the the topic grabbed them. Uh, You know, Periscope just added categories, so maybe they were searching for their categories. And so I look at the platforms and say, what does success look like? Is it nurturing your existing audience? Is it reaching a new community? And don't be afraid to invest in one, and then use the other one for complementary. And what I do with that is. You know, I worked with SAP and IBM and Dell this year at their events and we did all of the programming on Facebook Live. So we were driving all the traffic to sign up to these scheduled shows on Facebook Live. But the way that we grew that audience was actually Periscope, because people that go to an event use a hashtag on Twitter and that conversation is happening. So we were giving people access. We were doing interviews with some of the, the people that were going to be on the shows on the Facebook Lives. And at the end, we were saying, you know, make sure you tune in at 3 p.m. to watch the Facebook Live. And so so we kind of we grew our audience with with Periscope, and then we got onto Facebook Live for the actual concrete programming because we wanted that content to live on our Facebook page. And I think you can look at it that way, but that might be overwhelming. I, I definitely recommend starting only with one and focusing on that for a while, and then figuring out if you want to actually use the other one to kind of complement or amplify the work you're already doing.
1: And um, you know, I recommend people use the Pages app to go live on Facebook, just because it's the it's the app that you know for sure is going to work if you have a Facebook business account. Um, and I will tell you that we've only been doing peri- we simulcast to Facebook Live and Periscope our live show, and we have a rather large following on Periscope, and we did get a pretty good right out of the box. Um, uh, viewership. I think our last show had about 800 viewers on it, which is only our second time we've gone live um, on Periscope, which I think is pretty good. That's really good. So I think that you might want to consider if you have a large following on Twitter to actually experiment with both of these. Uh, they're distinctly unique. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if eventually Facebook rolls out a dedicated app just for live video because they do it for messages and groups and everything else and maybe they'll end up having something really cool uh, that will allow super producers to do all sorts of sexy things that maybe you can't do within the Facebook app. But uh, but just start is the key to the whole thing. Now, one of the cool things that, uh, Brian, that I know you've been dabbling with, which is brand new, is Periscope Producer. Why don't you kind of explain what that is for people? Because I don't think everybody is probably familiar with what that is.
3: Sure. So you know for those that are watching content on Facebook you've probably seen you know the white house or cnn or you know especially during the election there was it, it was very it was massively well produced it, it, you know they used a tricaster it was this, as if they were just taking the the tv experience and putting it inside of your facebook feed and they were able to do that because facebook has had an open api for there's these brands to actually be able to stream from other devices from other cameras into facebook and Periscope was actually originally created and the founder his his mission was to show the world through someone else's eyes and the idea was that it was always going to be mobile only it was going to be only from the phone and what Periscope producer is is actually a shift where Twitter now that owns Periscope has decided hey we're getting you know we're really focusing on this live Engagement and Periscope producer allows you to actually broadcast using your Periscope account, which is you know a on your mobile phone, to using these other products like you have on Facebook. So you can use a, a third-party you know um, distribute you know a third-party TriCaster like a Wirecast or an OBS or a Switcher Studio, which are these other tools. And it still allows you to go live into the platform, but it allows you to integrate things like a better quality camera, lower thirds. You're able to put in maybe a, a slider graphic at the beginning. A lot of these things that are tra- were traditional TV only are now integrated inside of Periscope. And all of that is through just a, a Periscope Producers, the name of it. It's a streaming key that's there. And the other aspect is Periscope has always been, you can view the content online but you can't comment or share. You can just view it there. And if you were on the phone, people can comment while they're watching. Well, recently, Periscope just uh, rolled out that you can actually log in on the browser and now comment while you're watching from, from your computer. So it's the the audience for me, especially for me, I would say... Before, when we were running data, about 80% of the people that watched me go live were watching from a mobile device, from, a, from a, a, a desktop, from their browser. Therefore, I would tell them, like, open up another tab and tweet me so that I could see your, you know, and it was very disconnected because I, I like to call this it, the, the very important aspect that I love is I call it participatory content because. The audience can shape and ask you questions, they can be engaged, they can have, que- they can have comments with each other. And Facebook has always allowed that, that browser user to comment and engage. Well, now Periscope has stepped up their game. They actually allow you to do that on the browser. And they also have an Apple TV app, which I, last night I caught myself, not, I was about to go onto Netflix and I was like, I'm gonna see what's on the Periscope, t- uh, you know, Periscope app on my Apple TV. And I ended up tuning into a comedian that was doing something outside in a street in New York He had about 1900 people there. And the interesting thing was the yogurt shop that was, he was standing in front of actually sponsored him to do that. And so the, the the business brought him there to do comedy on a live app like Periscope. And I was actually watching that through my Apple TV. So Periscope producer, producer, to summarize that is, it's allowing you to add additional functionality to make the picture better, make it more polished if you want to. You don't have to. You can still go live from your phone just like we always have. But it's this idea that it's allowing brands to even go beyond. So when I'm building the strategies, we're actually building out, okay, this is a Periscope. We're calling it Periscope Mobile. And then we have a Periscope we have well, we have Periscope desktop, which we we call the producer side, which they have like it's a much higher quality picture. And then we have a Facebook mobile, and then we have a Facebook one. So there's lots of these different areas now. So if you've always been worried, like, Oh, I don't like looking into the the selfie camera on my phone. Or I would much prefer if the guys that we have in our company that are, are traditional TV producers and and they know how to manage all of these variables. I would much rather them ha- handle all of the you know the, the signal to your phone and all of those things. Now both Facebook and Periscope give you the ability to do that.
1: Yeah, and if I can translate a little bit of what you're saying in case it went techno geek over some of your listen some of the people <laughs> that are listening's head, Periscope producer is an open API into Periscope, and with it, you can now broadcast from your desktop. That's the key, that's the key, that's the key. And what that means is that you can use the camera on your computer, you can capture what's on the screen of your desktop, and you can launch that right into Periscope. Therefore, you could give a webinar over Periscope now, where you could not do that before. You could show a piece of software and demo it, which you could not easily do before. Um, All that is capable with Periscope Producer and third-party software, which is key. This is, when he says TriCasters and stuff, most people might, are thinking about the hardware. No, this is actually software, and you can use Wirecast, which is a software by the company that makes ScreenFlow, which is about 500 bucks, or you can use something called OBS, which is free, um, and and that allows you to essentially switch all these different signals directly into Periscope. Um, Facebook has had essentially the same thing with their open API. So now, hypothetically, from your desktop, you could simulcast to Periscope and to Facebook all at the same time, which is exactly what we do with our live show. So some of you, your head is exploding with all the possibilities, yes, it's exciting. And in particular with Facebook, what's really cool about that is you can broadcast into groups. So for those of you that have private groups on Facebook and you want to have a special experience for the members of that group, you can now do that because the Facebook has the open API. So this is really, um, now these open systems are taking on you know, things like WebEx and things like GoToWebinar because you technically do not need them anymore. And I think now people might be starting to get excited about this because the applications just blow up when you think of it that way. Don't you agree, Brian?
3: I agree. And also... The barrier to entry, and, and it might not be obvious at this moment, but you know, talking into your camera, you know, I, I'm that person that became comfortable with that, but it's kind of weird, and I still know that people look at me weird, but we've done Skype calls, you've done webinars, you've done where you're traditionally looking into your web camera, and now if that barrier to entry says, ooh... Well, I, can, I don't have to hold my phone like a, you know, like a millennial and and a selfie camera and afraid of my Wi-Fi signal. Well, now I can take advantage of my my desktop camera. Well, okay, that's a that's another step in there. And then the thing that you talked about streaming into groups or onto an event page, I believe that is probably one of the most powerful elements. Because the other thing that you've always been worried about is. Well, what if someone asks me a question that I don't know, or what if my competitor comes in there, or what if nobody shows up? And before, those variables were really hard to kind of um, el- eliminate, so that you could step into it. But I went live into one of the groups that Mike, you, and I belong to, uh, one of the mastermind groups. I went live there last week when the the group manager reached out to me and said, "Hey, can you talk about one of these, you know, trends in live video?" And I went live to that group, and I was. I was preaching. I had my. I was, you know, telling people what we need to do as marketers, as this group of masterminds, and it was because the video can't get shared outside of the group. They can't. There's no share button. It's only it's self-contained. I knew who the audience was. I knew the maximum amount of people that were there, and really that allowed me to. create different content. I had a different tone to my voice because you were able to shrink some of these things that have always worried us. So the days where Meerkat and Periscope, we just went live from our, our phone when we walked the street and anybody could watch and the cell phone signal died. All of those worries that we had are almost slowly getting mitigated. And like you said, some of us are even pushing it to two or three platforms, the same broadcast so that we can even reach a, a larger audience.
1: Okay. Well, uh, one last thing, which I did not uh, tell you in advance that I was going to ask you about, but um, we are, uh, you're going to be speaking at Social Media Marketing World, and you're going to be part of our brand new live video track, which is going to be 10 sessions completely dedicated to live video as part of our creator series, something we've never done before. Um, I know that you've been to Social Media Marketing World a few years. Uh, what do you want to say to people who have never been? What's been your experience there?
3: Well, you know, I, I have the most interesting journey from that side because I went the original year, I went as a um, attendee uh, and I was actually the, the top tweeter the very first day that I went. The next year I went there and spoke on one of the side stages with Ted Rubin. Last year, uh, you allowed me to get on the main stage there and talk about live video. And for me, it's been, it's been an amazing journey because I think so much of that event is about not only the people, but it's understanding the vibe. The, the community and we all know that this world can get frustrating in social media and management and you know all of the different things and you know my boss doesn't understand me or I can't find value and to me probably the, the greatest element of social media marketing world is I have this feeling that I just want to scream like these are my people. And what I mean by that are these are people that feel your same pain points that can, that can understand when you're talking about, I hate that I had to log in with two different Instagram accounts back when we had to do that. And so for me, it's an opportunity for you to not only meet new people, learn new things, you know, engage with, uh, you know, some amazing speakers, but it's also an element for you to kind of refresh your gears and say, Hey, I'm not alone. These are how other people are doing it. And it, it's a great jump start. And for me, I've seen the growth each year and I'm, I'm excited to see where it's going and video is a smaller part last year and uh look out this year it's gonna be a much bigger uh element i'm excited
1: yeah we have uh 20 sessions dedicated 20 more than 20 sessions dedicated to video half of them dedicated to live video so super excited that you'll be coming back again and speaking on live video and particularly on periscope this year uh brian last question where do you want people to discover more about you because you are on the tip of the spear when it comes to this stuff where can they follow you
3: So, yeah, I would say, you know, it's my new podcast is is the thing that I'm really focusing on. And the reason that is, is my audience has always asked me, you know, like, you know, I've tried hard to teach people the tools that I use and all the technology so that I'm always on the bleeding edge. and And I always know what's the latest and greatest. And the hard part was most people say I don't have the time for that or it's not something they're passionate about. So I flipped the script. I created this podcast called FOMO Fans. And it's going to be my solo podcast every week. And if there's one thing that you could subscribe to and watch or listen to, it would be that show because it's going to be a consistent element of all of the things that I'm doing brought into a, a half hour, 45 minute show um, each week. So FOMOFANS.LIVE is the uh, website. So FOMOFANS.LIVE. And of course, I'm iSocial fans on every single platform because. I preach consistency and I couldn't be preaching that if my uh if I didn't have to use that myself. So from Snapchat to Instagram to Periscope to everything else it's
1: iSocial Fans. Excellent. And just to be clear for those of you that want to check out his podcast it's F O M O and then it's F A N Z and that's because that's how his last name is spelled F A N Z O. So Brian Fanzo thank you so much. And by the way, if you missed anything, we've got all the links in the show notes. But Brian, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. I really appreciate you coming on and opening our eyes to where the future is headed with live video.
3: My pleasure, Mike. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's show. We take all the notes for you. If there was anything that you missed, check it out, socialmediaexaminer.com slash 231. Also, hit that subscribe button on your podcast player so you don't ever miss a future episode of this show. Lastly, check out Social Media Marketing World. We have just an amazing conference with some of the top speakers in the industry that you'll ever see in one location, socialmediaworld17.com. I hope you can make it. It's going to be absolutely incredible. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your
0: world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.